Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. This is the Wednesday edition. I had to check what data was. And of course, <laughs> uh, we're a little bit late today. I had a uh, client appointment. I just could not delay. And then, uh, but um, we're here. And those of you that are listening to this don't care because you're getting it on demand. So the live right. audience, thanks. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Todd. I'm good. So I had an interesting conversation. And I think it's probably worthy of a discussion and I'm not breaking any confidentialities. This is all, this is all would make perfectly good sense if you think about it. Mm -hmm. So television, what are they normally doing about this time of year? And, and, uh, and we're both not TV people, but think about it for a second. They're talking about summer stuff, right? It's right around the corner. Well, they're recording stuff in the summer for fall right right they're not recording now there's gonna be nothing for fall oh oh so you're talking about television production television yeah or movie productions yeah stuff's all on hold right now yeah so so part of the feeding frenzy that i've been going through over the past nine weeks is i begin to piece this together and it really didn't dawn on me because I just been head down like helping clients. People are freaked out in a big way that there is going to be no TV, new TV stuff for the fall. And they're trying to figure out what can they do. Right. Thus, all of a sudden this huge interest in corporations and putting together something in the podcast space. I don't know how that's a replacement, though. Well, the, they have no other alternative. The, <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to start doing kind of live productions more? Um, live remote productions for network television? Or kind of like what's happening on CNN and NBC and ABC and all these folks? Or well, I don't know. No. I, I don't know what they're going to do. They can't record a sitcom or a... They can't put together you know, whatever. I don't watch 13 episode TV. No, so. that's right. It, but they have been playing around with, uh, you know, like live music performances on television. There's been other stuff that they're going to do. And I think they are going to bring back sports just as sports is probably going to be more likely played in front of empty stadiums, but, you know, but what it's if all going to be television, but what if they don't bring back college sports? What if they, you know, there's some of that stuff is undecided. So we'll, we'll see. Right what happens here, but there is going to be at least 75% less new TV programming come fall. And we're already, we've all been locked down. I'm here and this is week nine, middle of week nine. I'm already digging deep into Netflix and Amazon prime and CBS and all all those apps. I'm already digging deep to find something. And you know, (laughs) what I have been doing is, I think the big winner here, number one, is going to be YouTube. I think they're going to win big. Right. Anyone that can come out with weekly. I've been watching yeah. some sailing show called Zatara. Binge watch yeah. that. So there's going to, those YouTubers are going to be winners. And right. I've been playing a lot more podcasts now because I don't really have nothing to watch on television. So. 
the my projection is is that even though we're flat right now, come about August, September time frame, I bet you we see an explosion in, I bet you the number, I, I, just, I just put it out there. I think we're going to have an explosion in listeners for the fall. It, it's, it's a double whammy. Now think about this. So, Yeah, but Todd, I mean, I mean, we can't say that these, these television networks are, are, are going to sit idle here. And, and, well, they, they are let idle. Let this happen. No, no, <laughs> I understand they're going to innovate, right? They're going to come up with new types of ways to produce content that will enable social distance. Oh, Rob, that's, that's monumental. I know it is. Look I'm not, at, I'm not look, disagreaying with you. They, I just think they, that they've there got to fill, they got to fill four or five hours in the evening of prime time of stuff they don't have. Right. So we'll see what they become innovative. My prediction is that as, as we roll into September, October mm-hmm. and things start to start to uh, get colder and people are, cause I think we're going to see a big hit over the summer. I think people are going to be outside a lot more cause they've been stuck in their houses. Right. So I think we're gonna see a bigger hit than we normally would during the summer, but come fall, people are going to be like, well, what's my new 13 week sitcom? nothing right well that well, there's going to be an upswing in people watching um reruns but uh, people don't watch, i don't know who watches I, reruns no one watches reruns well well that's that's going to be a big problem <laughs> for them i agree with you and you know I, in my opinion is this is a perfect opportunity for right. anyone that's listening to the show to say okay what can i can i make a plan now so if you're a podcaster and you're doing something cool that can translate to something that will be, my Slack is going ape shit crazy. Let me turn this down. It's popping up notifications. Everyone wants to. So I think there's an opportunity here for people that are doing live. And so we, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens here during the fall. And it depends on how long they're off. Let's say they're off six months. Right. It gets worse because they run in, they run in oh, what, three, 13 weeks. So that's four months, three months. And then they I mean, have. Todd, a, if you, I mean, Todd, if you think about some of the TV productions that are out there, like voice, you know, there's, there's judges that are sitting next to each other. They could be socially distanced from each other. And then the performers on stage, they're a long ways away from the judges and you just don't have an audience, right? Uh, do you think there's going to be programs that will continue? Do you think those people just walk out there and sing? There's more that goes on. There's all kinds of handling, there's training, there's all kinds yeah. of stuff that goes yeah. on behind the scenes. No, no, agreed, agreed. But there's going to be protocols that they're, they're going to use. It's the same thing that's going on in the... As the as we open up a little bit more, right? There's going to be procedures and processes that people have to go through to keep people safe. You know, mm-hmm. I think that the studios are going to going to come up with ways that they can do stuff, not just shut stuff down. Well, just remember, the studios are mostly in California, right? And California's saying we're not we're not even going to let you out of your house now until end of July. So well, there's a lot of <laughs> lot of lot of productions up in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, as well. So, so (laughs) those places are open. That's where the business is going because everyone's going to exit. They're going to load the trucks up and they're going to say, let's go film somewhere else that's open and get away from, uh, you know, right. 
this dictatorship that's going on in California. So <laughs> I guess we'll, right. I guess we will see what happens. Well, Todd, but, there's also a trend right, right now too, of some of these countries uh, around the world that tried to open up and now they're starting to shut back down again because they, they had a surge in uh, cases. Well, so these are all factors who is that, that? Can come impact us. I haven't even heard that. So, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But so far, Florida, the state that was supposed to see this huge surge, didn't. So Georgia didn't. So mm -hmm. again, we'll continue to watch this. I think there's a, you know, that's, someone scolded us. We got scolded. Well, you know, we got scolded. We did win. On Where? the last show, we got scolded. By, by whom? By a listener. Uh-huh. Scolding us said that when we start talking about 5G, we sound like whack jobs. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I think you need to be a little more specific. Well, that, I but, deleted yeah. the comment because I, I thought it was a little over the top. And he, here's, here's the thing. Rob and I are not doctors. We're right. not virologists. We're not politicians. We're podcasters, but we do have an opinion. And when we were laughing There's a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories flying okay, around that's, right now that's that great un, un, unsubstantiated so when we were laughing about people thinking 5g was causing coronavirus and i was explaining what the 5g frequency really was from an because i do know about uh rf frequency i can speak to that is one thing i am an expert in it's right. it's not malarkey as I said, sit by a sit sit in your house, have a five G yeah. signal outside. It's not going to get to you. <laughs> okay, right. but anyway, long story short, so um, they don't want us talking. We, we got to stay in our got to stay in our swim lanes here, or we we sound like whack job. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> but another thing too, yeah. though, is Rob, borders are closed. You can't go to Canada right now. Right, you can't go. Right, you can't go to Australia. You can't right. go. Uh, Europe. There's a lot of places. There's right. a lot of places you can go, but you got to stay 14 days in quarantine before you can venture out. Right. And who's <laughs> going to want to do that? Right. You know. So anyway, uh, I think podcasting. Again, I'm I'm bullish on podcasting, and a lot of people are because my my phone's ringing off the hook. So, um. Well, and then Todd. I can't name names, but uh, there's going to be some huge new podcast listening platforms coming online here very soon. So that's good. Yeah. There's going to be, um, you know, there's an opportunity for growth there. So I, I say that you got mentioned by, by the way, um, Mr. Cridlin, we have been talking on this show for many years, many, many years that, Apple should create an Android app. Right. Okay. We, we've been talking about this long before you even probably knew what the word podcast meant. So I know that you took some credits of uh, brilliant minds think the same. Well, oh, okay. that's, yeah. Yeah, that was a little comment. I'm like, okay, uh, go back five years and listen to this show. We've been saying this for longer yeah. than that. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> that's true. It, it certainly is true. And, and, but one thing that Welcome we didn't to the club. really think, one thing we didn't really think was going to happen way back then was Google putting an app on iOS. No, that, that came as a surprise. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, you know, we, we actually kind of, I think we kind of laughed about it and mentioned it, but we, we really never thought they would do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Yes, so, uh, Mike Dell, huge. <laughs> so um, I, I just I'm I'm very very bullish right now on podcasting. I think that um, I think it's going to be big. I I really I think it's just I think we're in for a, a in for a, a an inflection point. Right. I, I might be wrong. I may be completely wrong. But if you think about it, most people, okay, they can play some music. I do not. Okay, I saw somewhere some guy was playing his guitar on a 30-minute segment on a certain news channel. And I'm like, click. Let me find something else to watch. Now, maybe that's that's your thing. Maybe that's good. But for for me, you know, if if I want to, we've got a team member that loves concerts. She goes to every concert she can go to. She's in withdrawals because she can't go to any concert. I love watching big concerts on big stages on TV. I do like watching that. But some dude's strumming. <laughs> so I think you're talking about McKenzie, right? Yeah, Is McKenzie's that- a big concert right. goer. Huge, right? right. But right. for me to watch someone on TV strumming, it's that, that, to me, it's like, all right, if I'm washing dishes, okay, I'll let it play. But I'm not going to watch that. Mm-hmm. When I, when I watch TV, when I take my precious time and give it to the TV, when I watch something, I want to watch something and would be entertained. So this, right. they're going to have to come up with something. Entertaining is now, a lot of that stuff is going to be restricted. So podcasting, 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 podcasting. Get your podcast going, folks. Right. Now's the time, right? See, it is the time. Well, and... I can I can tell you, you know, just based on that article that I wrote for Pod News, um, we do need to work on listenership. We got to get, you know, I'm not sure what's going on there. And I know you're not seeing it in your numbers, but we certainly are. Um, you know, we can always get bigger on the listening side. Yeah. Um, we've been looking at. I mean, 100,000 well, podcasts in one month, Todd. The what? That's a lot. 100,000 new podcasts, yeah. 91,000 in one month. That's a that's new a, shows. That's an incredible number. Right. So w- that's why we're busy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. <laughs> you know, I can tell by the the idle chitter chatter happening in, you know, certain spaces we hang out that's very low because we're all crushed. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's just like today He's like, you know, client says, I need to meet with you tomorrow at three o'clock. Yes. I, I, no, no problem. I'll clear the schedule for you. And I did. <laughs> I texted Rob. We need to go at three 30. I can't go at three. Right. You know, yeah. certain clients, you just have to say, yes, I'll clear the schedule for you and cancel someone else. You got canceled yeah. for 30 minutes. Rob. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, it's official now. Google has started down the path of killing off Google Play Music Hooray, and podcasts. Yay! Should you had confetti? Are we, pop the confetti. Really happy about that? Are we really happy about that? Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> pop the confetti. So maybe they, maybe they, they probably already had a plan. But we could say at least on this show, we tell them please kill Google Play. Maybe that helped expedite things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I don't, know. I don't know. I think you know those <laughs> kind of things are usually planned for a little bit further in advance. But, um, but yeah, it's it's good to see them. You know, really putting some serious effort. Google is really doing a nice job here. So I'm so. speaking tomorrow at a virtual event. Uh, did you speak at one today, or when's your time slot for that other one? Uh, 
I actually, mine launched on the NAB show express platform today. It's, huh? it's not live. It's a pre pre-recorded segment that I did, um, on podcast monetization. Uh, oh, I see how you are. <laughs> yes. So, but you weren't, uh, how many people listen to that? Do you know? I don't know. It just launched at noon today, Eastern. So it was so, live. It was played live. It was pre-recorded oh. and it was just made available at a certain time and day. Oh. So it was on like a scheduled of um, pre-produced videos. Oh, so they played it. But they do also have live event type stuff going on simultaneously. Oh, so it's, it's on demand. So it's some video sitting somewhere that you can click play. Right. Oh. But you have to log in to the, to the, the nabshow.com create an account, and then you can go through and select your sessions that you want to watch. I bet you're going to get a whole 10 views on that. Could be. <laughs> That's a good question. But that other conference going on, so how many people are on at, that are on that pay conference that's going on today? Which one was this? Uh, we are, we talked about, no. we had him on here. Oh, no, that, no, that doesn't start till closer to the end of the month. Oh, okay. So Outlier is starting, is going on today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I haven't been true. on. I haven't had time to be on there all day. I but I've been podcast business work. Oh, are you on that one tomorrow the, at oh, eleven? And actually, okay. my presentation is like eighty percent done. So as soon as this shows over, I got to finish my presentation. You know, so yeah, I, I'm not I, on I know that. in my head what I want to put in the slides, but yeah. I've, I've got forty-five minutes, Rob. Forty-five wow. minutes and me and slides—that's like a hundred slides. That's wow. <laughs> Flipping through those babies pretty fast. Yeah, there, it's, sir. It, I'm not, I'm going to leave some time for Q and a, but yeah, 16 years of podcasting. And what is the title of my, uh, let me go look, give you the title of the, of what I'm actually, what, what I titled it. Can't even remember my title. That tells you how, uh, let's see here. Oh, there, there it is. It's, uh, 16 years of podcasting and strategies to succeed today. All right. So, that sounds good. Yeah. I pulled that title just kind of out of thin air. Like, what should I talk about? Well, 16. <laughs> <laughs> you write a course around a title. Right. But, uh, it, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to just mention also that, um, you know, everybody's jumping on these, you know, utilizing Zoom and Skype and, you know, uh, StreamYard and Squadcast and stuff like this. And I, I kind of alluded to this in my article that I wrote for Pod News, but there is a um, high, high quality audio um, platform that you can use to, to uh, share an audio source with another, you know, like a studio or whatever. So you can get a high quality recording and it's called Source Connect Now. I've used it uh, for a couple of, uh, you know, podcasts that I was, you know, I was a guest on, and it does a really, really high bit weight, um, high quality audio, and it's free. It's it's at source. Um, now I don't have the actual domain name here, but it's just Source Connect Now is what it's called. Yeah, I went to some um, other website. So, oh, it, it goes over. Oh, yeah, it's weird. It, it redirects to a different page. Yeah, it's an older platform, but it's something that a lot of the high-end uh, radio studio <clears throat> producers use, and I noticed that they came out with a free version of it. So I just wanted to mention it. Let me. This is where it led me to. Is this it? Yeah. Uh huh. That's it. 
You yeah. are a guest of, okay, Guy Harris. Oh, this can't be it. This must be. Oh, that was weird. So yeah. um, let me Google yeah, it. I think it was something. Yeah, I think it was a different page probably is what. Source connect now. Oh, it's, it's source dash. Oh. Dash. Connect. Oh, here we go. Right. Whoops, right. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Come on, I'm not showing the. Oh, there we go. Source dash connect dash no now oh my god now dot source dash elements dot com what a horrible domain name yeah that is a horrible domain name and does it cost anything i believe this is a free version that you can get um that that it's kind of like a point-to-point kind of connection it's a little bit like like a zoom or something like that that connects via a browser on both ends yeah um but it it does really high quality um, audio or web based or a web based uh, r- recording um, between two locations on a on a remote. I mean, you so, probably so, would use this. So does it do with a mixer? But does it do head to head or? Uh, no, it's usually comes into like your computer and then it's sourced through a mixer or something like that. Mm. So it's kind of a more of a high end solution. That's interesting here because if you, if you do a recording on a web browser, it's the same quality as going into a, a Dassey or anything like that. It doesn't change the quality. So I wonder how they're, how no, they're but doing you can it. bring in a remote guest is what it yeah, is. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Huh? Well, yeah. that's a Rob. I'm, I'm putting, I've got a little, uh, notepad here of cool resources and, uh, I'm pasting it in there right now because I want to save that one. <laughs> yep. yep. So it worked out well for you then two people used it, but you both were had mixers and everything then. Hmm. Well, I had, well, I was a guest into another show's studio. Oh, right? I see. So it's a way to bring in a guest into a studio, not have, not by using Skype or gotcha. Zoom or any of these platforms. It's more of a point to point connection. You oh. know, it's, it's kind of it's kind of similar to what was done for many years with the ISDN connections that radio would use. Oh, I see what they've uh, done. They've used right. the core audio driver, so you become an actual audio driver. Right. Whoa, exactly. that's impressive. Yep. That isn't how how hard was that to set up? You, you just install the software, and you press, and it recognized your mic, and off you went. You didn't yep. have to admit any, do any settings or anything. It was. I don't recall. Well, I think I did because I've got multiple mic and multiple sure. stuff here. So I think you do have to go and just make sure it's it's pointed to the the right driver in your system. Huh. So it works with Mac OS ten, Windows seven, or higher Linux and Chrome OS. Wow. A stereo or multi mono core audio ISO or Linux audio device. So that's really, really slick. I got to thinking about though that because if you're on your mic, your mixer still has to be hooked up to your computer. In my setup, I don't have a mixer hooked up to my computer. Most people do though. Yeah, Mm. that's true. That's true. Yeah, because I run into, the way I record the show is uh, I've got a standard mixer set up. Uh, but I'm not 
I'm not, I don't have a USB or anything running back to this machine. It's, it's standalone. Although I have a couple of mixers that have the interconnection and does that ISO piece, but I just mm -hmm. feed the, my recording into a Denon. You know, I've got a, a, a device here. That's just a, it's a brick inside a, um, it's a, well, it's just a Denon, a Denon, uh, recorder that's in an 18 inch rack. You know, mm -hmm. that's my dedicated recorder. Now then I, I, I duplicate, I do the video recording on a H.264 uh, capture card on the Mac Pro in the, in the uh, production studio. So, hmm. mm -hmm. so Matt uh, Kundil made a comment in the chat. I don't know if you want to read that, Todd. It's a lot of voiceover people who couldn't go to the local studio to record scrambled to get source connecting to their home studio so they could have their voices recorded and get paid dollars. So that's interesting. So how did, so they must have had some quality mic beforehand if you're going to be a voiceover person. Right. Of course. And hmm. so, yeah, so he agrees there's a free version that's, that's newer now. Um, but this software has been around for a long time, but you know, I just wanted to mention it to the podcasting community because I don't think the podcast community has known about this no. software and it's really been a kind of a radio thing. But if it gets years. you better, and, and they have a $125 version too, mm -hmm. is, did you pay for it or you will use a free one? No, I just, yeah, I just used a free one and I got a, a PDF basically that the, that the show shared with me about how to set it up and get it, get it installed on my system. I gotcha. So Matt, are you, uh, are you using this and do you use the paid or free version of this? Hey Matt. Uh, I mean, you're welcome to call in if you want to want to talk more yeah, about talk it. about it. It's, it's, I'm kind of intrigued. GNC Pod Two is the Skype address. You just search for Geek News Central on Skype and use GNC Pod Two as the call in line. You probably have to add, and I'll have to uh, approve you if you want to call in. See, Rob, is this kind of stuff that we find or you found? It's super valuable. You know, so. I'd have never, never known about this. And, you know, I keep hearing about people struggling to get, but, you know, we, I don't know. We get good quality right. here on Skype. To me, you sound. Quality is important. To me, you yeah. sound like you're on a mic next to me. Now we've run into bandwidth issues in the past where you right. become garbled and so forth, but that's going to happen on any system where you're doing anything over the internet. Nothing's perfect, but. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, for those of you that are listening to this show, you know, I've just got a Mac mini. It's an older Mac mini audio out goes into the mixer. Then I use a, um, mix minus, which I know some of you just, I just played over to bring my audio back to Rob and yeah. it works, you know, and yeah. it works well. Yeah. And it sounds good too. So. Anyway, very, very cool. Um, there was something else I was going to talk about. Well, the Edison Research folks are going to be doing a webinar on May 21st at 1 p.m. Eastern, basically trying to cover the, the changes uh, that are happening to podcasting because of people's quarantine. It's oh. called Podcasting Connection and Community During the Quarantine. I didn't get an automated invite. I must have been removed from the mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> he made Tom pretty mad at us. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, if you go, it's a webinar that's coming up uh, with uh, Tom and team. So May twenty so, first, that'd be a good one. Yep, yep. So that's one p.m. Eastern with Tom Webster from the Edison Research folks. I guess it was a uh, previously unreleased data from Podcast Consumer Tracker. Mm. Um, so yeah, so interesting. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm looking too at my town and my town is, you know, small town America, 30,000 mm-hmm. people in this town. And, uh, I, I would say we're like 90% open, even though the state is supposed to be locked down. It, it, I just, it really looks like everything's open. People have just basically said we're opening and with 53 cases in about a 50 mile square area, I, I don't blame them. Although you go a hundred miles away from here in Detroit is, you know, still got issues. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, I, I think people's patients are, are running thin. So I, you know, I, I had a call today and I won't say what company it was. Um, I was shocked because when the video conference started, I was looking at five people in a same room and I was just like, mm-hmm. wow, uh, this is a first meeting I've had in two months where everyone was in the same room and they said, we never, right. they, they basically said, we, we never change our operating habits. We're, we're all here. We're all working. We've been working in the office from the get go. And they've got about 40 people in their office. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> um, so I was kind of, I was actually kind of surprised, you know, and, yep. um, well, it does seem like things are opening up. Well, they, they never more. changed. They, they stayed, they stayed like they were. And I was just like, that was, that was a bit of a shocker to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it is true in certain parts of the country there, there, there really hasn't been much of an outbreak. Uh, just, just be, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with just the population density is so small that it hasn't spread that much. (laughs) Where they were was a pretty high, I'm not going to say what, was it? Yeah. Pretty high density. Cause I asked them, I said, where are you guys at? And they tell me, I was like, okay. (laughs) Wow. So, um, I was, so how many, I'm just kind of curious, anyone else, uh, you know, has been operations as normal. You didn't really change. And let me, I'm looking at that state's, uh, um, that state's reporting. I can't say too much because I'm going to give it away and then people are going to be able to start narrowing it down and the way people are. I don't want to get them to get triggered. Um, a bit of, me. Oh, what was that? Yeah. Well, and, I mean, oh, it is true. Come. Here comes Matt. There, there, oh, yeah. there really hasn't been much of an outbreak. Uh, just, just, be, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with hey, just the Matt, we're getting a, we're getting a feedback so, from you. We can. Yeah. We can hear you. We can hear us. Were was <laughs> yeah. pretty high. I'm not gonna say what was it. Yeah, was pretty it? high density. Because I asked them, I said, "Where yeah, are you guys we're, at?" We're gonna definitely like, turn off okay. your live stream. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh thank so. you. Yep. Hey, Is Matt. It? There we go. How you doing? Can you hear us? I, yeah, I can. Hi, guys. Hey, okay. how you doing? Awesome. I was I was freaking out. I was hearing myself talking. I was like, "Where did that come from?" <laughs> I know. I- that's the old like radio thing where you, right. you can't call in. You got to hang up the phone if you're going to dial into the show. Yeah. So just, you got to leave the, you got to, you got to stop the live stream. So you're going to miss about a minute of it. So you've used this tool then for a while, huh? Uh, yeah, I have on, I, I don't carry it myself as a voiceover person. Um, I just recorded my own studio cause I, I built my own studio. Uh, but it's a successful tool for a lot of voiceover people who need to dial into 
a studio to record their parts. And so it's sort of all done, you know, in in the one big studio. And this has been the scramble for, you know, this whole COVID thing for a lot of voiceover people is, you know, you know, a lot of the top ones don't actually have home studios and they've been sent home and they can't come down to the studio to record. So now there, there's a scramble on for microphones and for equipment and for source connect in order to do this. I have one voiceover partner and she said that the free version of source connect is not uh, strong enough for her to, uh, it's not, the connection is not strong enough really for a high quality voiceover. So she's moving to the paid version. But if you look at a lot of voiceover artists online, they will have the source connect, uh, logo up on their site. And, uh, you're just, you're more marketable right now with it, with, with source connect. And, and Rob mentioned this earlier. Just before I went outside to go collect cupcakes, which is an entirely different story, but that ISDN is was for many years the these standard for you know piping and big voiceover people to record their parts. So ISDN had enough throughput to be able to do that big enough quality, right? That's surprising to me because I don't know what the quality is on Skype. I don't know what throughput we get. Um, here, well, I but, think it was more of a like a like a dedicated um, VPN type of connection. Well, I, was, yeah, so. ISDN, but I just yeah. that still wasn't yeah. that. I had an, when I was living in Hawaii when we did when you were on here in Hawaii, Rob, you were right. on an ISDN line. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's how bad the internet was on my secondary connection. You were on ISDN. Yeah. So. And that's well, and why as I it was recall, it was limited. also pretty expensive too, because the the connections that they used required a certain hardware device on each end, right? That would um, do a certain type of an encoding between the two devices that would make it the audio quality much higher. And those those endpoints were very expensive. I think they were like I don't know math. They were like maybe a thousand dollars each or something like that. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a pain and we'd always have to pass the cost on when we did radio remotes. My, my background, by the way, is many, far too many years in radio and, uh, we would have to set up and, and put in an ISDN connection. We'd call the phone company. They would put it in down at the car lot and we would run it back to the radio station. And there was quite a lot of cost involved. So we'd always encourage, you know, the car dealer to buy many remotes eight, nine right. weeks at a time. So that way, you know, you get value for the ISDN line. And then I think there was a time around 2012 where we started to get away from that and we were looking at something called Tyline and using some internet features to uh, to get it back to the radio station. But the one thing we always wanted to avoid was using the telephone. Yeah, right. I, I had for or years. Or cell phones, <laughs> even worse. As a matter of fact, in my sh- right behind me or in front of me, 15, 10 feet away on a shelf is two Telos devices that I used to to get someone in via a phone call. And I had first five, six years we did this show. I had people calling in and yeah, that, that was rough. That was like 16 kilobits or something like that. It was, yeah, I, I just sold my dual digital Gettner, um, to, a to a radio show host down in Salt Lake city. The one that I had in my studio for many years. So yeah, you sold it to him recently. Yeah. What's he going to use it for? Bringing in calls. Oh my God. It was a radio show. Okay, well... I'm t- just stuck it for one second. I've sure, got sure. something I want to show sure, you. Sure. Okay. Sure. Oh, that's funny. He's going to go He's gonna go dig in his, uh, in his 20... Oh, he's, here it comes. He's going to show us a 20-year rack or something. 
Well, it's not. It's actually this is a this is an innkeeper uh, uh, PBX. I've got one of those. Yeah, PBX. And, right. Yeah. These are yep. these work for for telephone, and I had people come on my podcast and you know to explain Skype or to explain yeah where the technology was and you know as recently as 2016 I had a lot of older folk who I'd want to bring on to to my podcast and you know they just had a telephone in their office yeah. and this was the way to do it and so I tried to accommodate them and I. I still have a smaller version of that, but when you, this, this box is still today, $600. Right. I've got a JK audio and I never liked it. I, I that's why I went with the Telos brand and it was, right. that was like 1500 bucks, that box. And I found one on eBay because I, I wanted to run two at one time and I, I bought a second one that was a little hokey. It would always connect. You had to mash the button three or four times to get it to, you know, to get the person in. Uh, but yeah, I've got one. Of the, is that how much those? I need to put my JK audio one on the on eBay. Then I guess. A couple times <laughs> I've gone online like to, to buy one, and I think I saw them right. up around. Well, I said six hundred. That's right, Canadian. Right. I'm calling in from Canada, so it's probably three ninety nine American. That's still. That's that's a few a cases of beer. <laughs> a most. So and and, and let's be clear, we're, we're not recommending Telos for podcasters. Let's no, be very clear here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't go there unless it's a last resort. Right. I don't even source ha- connect is kind of like the replacement for that. Right. It, it's funny because when I moved into the studio, in order to get the internet at the price I did, I had to take a, a triple play. I've actually got a phone line here. It's never been hooked up to anything. I could have voicemails, and I wouldn't even know it. Um, but I guess I could always revert and use that copper wire if I had to, but like I say, it's really not copper. It goes through the cable box, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's the same tech. Um, so, you know, going back to this source connect device, um, so really what you really, I'm assuming here, just based on what I've read for like 15 seconds on their website, you got to have a device that connects to your computer in order to use this, don't you? I'm not too sure if you do. I know it's now compatible that it goes through Chrome. So if you oh. can run it through Chrome, oh. then you'll right. get somewhere with it. And and it's really about having the voiceover person pipe it into a you know one of those big studios. Yeah. Uh, so, so long as your microphone then can be heard on Chrome, then you're good. Right. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. It, it, it kind of depends on what your what your connector is. I, I suppose you could use a USB mic. Yeah. I uh, it might be a better audio quality to go into a mixer and. And then through, uh, you know, like a hybrid into your uh, computer, right? The things, the things you don't know. So what's happening up in Canada? How are you guys, uh, whereabouts in Canada are you at? I'm in Winnipeg, which is, uh, about two hours north of Grand Forks, North Dakota. We don't have a lot of cases here. The coronavirus doesn't want to visit Winnipeg any more than uh, the rest of North America necessarily <laughs> because of our long, long, cold winters. Um, but you know, it's all been about flattening the curve and and staying at home. And there's really nobody better at staying at home than people from the prairies because it's winter and you know minus thirty quite often. Right. So Matt, how, how do you think radio is adjusting to all this? Because I've been thinking about them a lot lately, especially with all these uh, small business, local small businesses, kind of going out of business uh, and shutting down and things like that. I'm sure it's hitting their bottom line pretty hard, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's not that advertisers want to stop advertising. It's just that there's nothing to advertise. So there are some radio stations that are seeing some empty commercial logs and 70% disappearance of, of all that inventory. 
Uh, one of the things I've known just from working in radio for many years, if we're about to hit a recession, if we're about to, you know, hit turbulent times, the radio station is always the first place that we would see the dip because that's when, you know, retailers will start to tighten up. And the first budget that always goes is an advertising budget. It's right on Main Street. They pull that one back. The radio station feels it first. And right. then the rest of, of North America sort of will, will hit that bumpy ride. And, and this one's a little bit different because a lot of people will stop their advertising because there's just nothing to advertise. Mm -hmm. right. uh, so yes, it, it's really hitting the bottom line hard. We're, I'm getting sort of double messages from, you know, the radio groups and by the radio groups, I mean the, the advocates for radio who are saying, well, this is up or this is up and now's a good time to, to be involved. The ratings came out, the Arbitron ones came out for New York and Los Angeles uh, I think two days ago, and they told a bit of a horror story for, you know, there's no commutes. So morning drive and afternoon drive, this is a, a different sort of flattening of the curve because normally the mornings are up and then it drops a little bit for midday. And, but now it seems to be just flat right across. And there's some big radio stations with some, with some, you know, I don't want to say ugly looking numbers, but you know, it's not. You know, the cum number, number, which is the cumulative number of people who will come to a radio station, just, you know, that's dropped a bit. There are people listening longer. There are people tuning in a little bit later. But, you know, Morning Drive just doesn't have the numbers that it once had. Do you think then that, you know, we've all been watching the slow decline of radio? And, and again, I'm not one of those people that say that radio is just going to disappear because it's a multi-billion dollar business. But do you think it takes, what is it, 10 weeks to change a habit? Do you think the, you know, we're here week nine or so of the lockdown, people are using their different apps or using Spotify, Pandora, they're, they're maybe on iHeart, maybe they're doing, jumping around different places. Maybe they're not listening at all. Could, do you think this is going to have a, let's say we, let's say we come back a hundred percent tomorrow, which is not, do you think it's going to, do you think this is going to hurt them? Is this a permanent change? Yeah. Permanent change. Yeah, and I don't think it's all bad, actually. Uh, I think that there are people who are now learning to access their local radio station using a smart speaker. Now, they've also learned to do a hundred other things now on their smart speaker, like connect their Spotify, learn to listen to their favorite podcasts. Uh, so maybe they've learned to connect to their radio station on a smart speaker, but at the same time, they've also learned to find a whole bunch of other stuff. So there's a little bit of good and there's a little bit of bad that, that, that comes with that. The, the real absence that we're seeing with, with the radio listening is strictly because of the car. And inside the car, the, the radio is, you know, has been all powerful for a long time. But the result that we see now, and this is probably an unpopular opinion, uh, but the result you see now is because radio has really built itself to be in the car. Mm -hmm. They've died out on the car ticket for so many years, and today there's no car. And so this is your result. You know, and also at the same time, you got so many stations that are on autoplay. It's really interesting. I can drive. I, when I drive between Michigan and Columbus, it's a three hour drive, three hour, 15 minute drive. Um, it's like the programming doesn't even change. It's the same programming as I'm driving. And if I listen to the radio, which I'm usually not, but if I've listened to the radio from that, it's like the program, it's, it's almost like it didn't even change channels because it's a program playlist. It's being played the same place. You know, you, if you're in a cumulus station, stations. yeah, it's a cumulus station here, cumulus station there, cumulus station there, or a 
iHeart Station, iHeart Station, if I just happen to land on it, it's the same thing. And with, you know, with weather having been spliced in and goes on repeat, the, you know, the guy spoke into Mike three minutes and everything else is a, is a playlist, you know, so the, the local is not, you hear local ads, but you don't hear local, very rare to hear local, local content. Once in a while you do. Yeah. I was just wondering what's the impact of all this on the content that's coming out of radio stations. I mean, are they having to lay off people? Is there fewer people working the stations? Are they going to move more towards automation? All that stuff. There was nobody working there before, Rob. Well, (laughs) go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. No, it's okay because it really depends on the, on the company. So I, I know one company in Canada, they have a couple of news stations, just a couple of them, but they managed to find a way to get that news onto all their radio stations in their chain, even though they were fairly music oriented. So yeah, you're going to have to let a few people go inside the radio station. It may not necessarily be on the air. I'll give an example of a radio station in Chicago that a very popular one as well. They, they let go of the social media person and the producer because right now that may not be what they need, but they need their number one personality, you know, to go in and be the voice and, and, you know, be the empathetic soul that I think people were really looking for. Um, you know, the, the rush, I, I put out a podcast episode cause my podcast is about broadcast and it was really about, Hey radio, this is your moment. And, and I think Rob and I, uh, we attended a, a conference. We were at the conclave and we were on a panel together back in 2017. And I, at that one in particular, there was, you know, a lot of radio people were saying, well, if there's an emergency, well, if there's an emergency, well, the emergency's here. And so the, you know, I sort of said, how are we really going to react, you know, in the radio space to all this stuff? And I think radio reacted really well. I think people listened to it, but what began to happen is that there became less and less news uh, about this because the message became the same. It's, it's stay home. Uh, we're in lockdown, uh, wait it out, go to the grocery store, wear a mask. And you know, once you have those five things, you're pretty much done. And so then radio has now over the last number of weeks really began to wrestle with how much do we talk about this? How much are we really a source of information about radio or are we really sort of a salvation and an entertainment piece that gets people away from this, from this lousy situation? So I know there's a lot of discussion. Uh, I feel for program directors right now, it, it is incredibly hard to try to decide exactly what it is. Um, especially if you run a sports radio station. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, we know the Colin Cowherds of the world, uh, you know, some of the more popular, uh, national shows, they're going to be okay. You know, at the local level, they have had to make some changes and, you know, some stations have even gone and just, we're going to talk about COVID. And we're going to be the new, you know, a bit of a news source rather than having to deal with sports because there's just no sports content to talk about. So every market has its own strategy and nobody knows the one piece of advice that I think is out there that, uh, Jason Barrett, who runs Barrett sports media in, in New York and consults a number of sports stations. He just said, don't look at your numbers. It now is just not the time to be looking at the numbers and worrying. Now is the time to be serving your audience and your advertisers and what you have and what you can do for them. So did you catch the earlier part of the conversation I had where I'm like TV screwed for the fall, you know, Rob saying, Hey, we're going to have all kinds of specials and stuff enough to keep us entertained. But you know, their impact right now, they're, they're still running on a lot of programming they did before this all kicked off. So, you know, radio's not so much as affected by cause they don't have like this traditional production time production is when you set the seat and get, you know, flip the mic on. So 
any thoughts on TV or through the fall when they don't have no fresh content? Well, they could do it. I don't know how you're going to get the makeup people on. That's a lot of contact <laughs> right there. I mean, so, I mean, maybe, you know, there, there will be something innovative that will come out of this. And I think whether it's for podcasters, but especially for radios, especially for TV, these are tough times. And this is where we're going to learn a little bit about ourselves. And I think the one thing, especially for podcasting is, you know, everybody being sent home and looking for, you know, source connects and, um, and squadcasts and learning to use it is we've accelerated this entire thing by probably three or four years, uh, and really moved it along. TV is going to find a way to innovate. I think we're going to get some, some really oddball programming, but yeah, productions are shut down. And, and so what they had on their, you know, plate is, is probably going to get tossed and, you know, one of the, one of the things that gets played in, in my house quite often and uh, not necessarily my choosing, that's the real housewives. But yeah, you know, these are people who sit around and gab about nothing all the time and talk and, and throw pie at each other. None of that stuff. It, it just looks so dated now. I go, well, that is just so 2019. That has nothing to do with 2020. So I look at an entire franchise, like the real housewives and how are you going to film that? Right. Right. You're not. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we'll see, but I think there's, I just continue to think about all the things that have happened and what's currently going on and what we're facing over the next year. And I just, I mean, I just think there's a lot of opportunity here for podcasters. And like you said, you know, Rob and I, we're kind of, you know, we've been doing this a long time and we've been used to doing this, what we're doing right now and in a pretty high level way. And, um, and we're seeing a lot of more podcasters, like you said, that are starting to figure out how to do their shows with two or three people remote. And, and I think that's a good thing. So maybe this doesn't uh, bode well for, for studios, but at the same time, maybe it bodes well for people that are being facilitators and making sure that they don't have the equipment in the home. You know, there's going to be that guy with a, you know, they're all going to come into that source and he's going to be the one that's going to record it and master it and, and produce it. And, you know, they've got a mic, but they're not necessarily going to have to record the show. So yeah, maybe, maybe we're just going to see a whole bunch of new ways to do in podcasts. So, well, Matt, that's what I, do you I think suppose. that there's an opportunity for, for podcasters here, um, to collaborate more with radio? Is there, I mean, or is it just not that type of situation? Uh, it depends on what country I think you're talking about. Cause I know in Canada, we've been very slow to, to get into it. Uh, I think the great, I mean, We've, we've all been to the conferences where we look around and we wonder what the radio folks are up to and what they're bringing to. And I think, you know, podcasters very suspicious that, you know, okay, the big guys are here and we're going to take over and, and stuff. And, and really here's what radio has to offer the most. And that's their airwaves. And anytime you can get a podcast to, you know, promote it on a radio station, if you can cut a deal with a radio station to have, you know, your podcast promoted in whatever way that is, that is awesome. Uh, I've even seen some, some data that came out a couple of years ago that when we had two companies, we had Chorus and Rogers that both went in on podcasts, they got podcast companies and started to promote their podcasts on an ongoing basis. Uh, we saw some, you know, in a, a huge jump in, in, in the Gen X connecting to, to podcasts. And, you know, this isn't, you know, this is Edison research and it was, it, this was Tom Webster's slide and I saw it, it was 35 to 64. There was a, there was a big 9% jump in, in podcast listening over the course of a year. And I believe radio had a lot to do with it. And it's two reasons, uh, Todd, you touched on it. It's the radio that feels a little bit homogenous and a little bit dull, but at the same time, 
here's radio coming along and pushing all these podcasts. And we had an explosion of Canadian podcasts, you know, hit, uh, hit the airwaves and in tune people's phones. Kind of reminds me, I was taking a, a gal from the East coast, Boston specifically, that's been on radio for years and she was going to be our guest at NAB and talking about this, you know, convergence. I need to have her on the show, Rob. She'd be a lot of fun for an hour and a half, but teach us something. But, she thinks that radio stations have really, she has strong opinions and she's, she's not at all. Um, Optimistic. Uh, she's kind of like me, you know, she just kind of says it the way it is. And, um, she doesn't understand why most radio stations are not picking talent out of their areas. You know, the guy that's doing the, the tech show, the guy that's the gal that's doing the science show or the person that's doing, you know, all these different genres of stuff and why they're not saying, Hey, produce me a five minute clip or three minute clip. We're going to run that two or three times a week, segmented in. You're going to go on the marquee of the website as being, you know, talent for the radio station and fill what, and if I was a, if I was a radio station program manager, I'd be like, right now I'd be like, I'd look for 25 podcasters to give me fill on times when I don't have stuff to talk about. And then run that three minute segment, um, something that's been produced locally, maybe a national show, but it's a, maybe a local podcast to me that. Well, I'm the, I don't run a radio station. I run a podcast company. So I, I think that radio stations are missing out on all this great talent and all this great content. And they wouldn't have yeah. to pay for it. Well, yeah, it's a it's a cost thing, but also you say you don't have to pay for it, but it's time. It's time. And, yeah. And and you know, they want to maximize what they can with the people they have already in the in the studio. So we're gonna right. lay off somebody in Jacksonville and we're gonna make somebody over in Tampa do the production work for that. I mean, these are the efficiencies that get created. And every time an efficiency like that takes place, that's just less time to, you know, bring in a podcaster to do thing. And, and right. you mentioned it, some of these radio stations are empty and it just takes time to do all this stuff. And, you know, I think the biggest shock for radio and, and for years, it's always been, I, I'm very surprised that radio has not gone in a little bit deeper and get some podcasts together that are, that are organic. But the truth is podcasting is, is hard work. And most of my radio friends, and there's uh, somebody I had on my podcast recently, his name is uh, Dana Marshall. He does mornings in Kalamazoo and he has a wonderful podcast called my Prince story podcast, where he brings people on to talk about their stories and, and love of, of, you know, Prince music, or maybe they met Prince or a trip to Paisley park and whatnot, but, but he's the first to tell you. And he does a morning show, which is very hard that creating a podcast episode is very, very hard and no disrespect to the midday announcer, but you know, your commercials and your weather and your music is all picked for you. Mm -hmm. and, and you're only going to have to talk for two and a half minutes, perhaps in an hour. But if we're going to do the same one hour audio, we have to create 60 minutes of content and it's podcasting's hard in that sense. But isn't that where the magic of radio has been lost? Because before before let's go, this goes way back. Let's go into the maybe seventies when consolidation started to happen. So many people that weren't in that era didn't know that your local, local station was truly local and everything was done in that station was there. There wasn't this remote crap that was coming in. You may have had news reports come in from CBS or some other, you know, you may have got a national news snippet, but the majority of the stuff that that radio station did 24 hours a day was people with butts in the seats. And, and, and that doesn't work no more because of the debt and the consolidation and autoplay and everything else that they've automated. I, 
I don't know. I, and maybe that, that, those, those days will never come back. So maybe I'm talking about a pipe dream here of having, you know, five podcast segments a, a week inside a radio station. Well, so often the, the radio also for many years was the gateway to what people really wanted. So if you wanted to hear the new song from Metallica, right. you had to sit by the radio and wait for it. So they had the music component, but they also had the personality component. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it, you know, they had, they had a lot that they offered in that sense. And kind of like the newspaper where it gets stripped away, sort of outcomes the sports section goes to, <laughs> yeah. goes to ESPN and then the classifieds go on to Craigslist and then out comes the you know, the next section and eventually the paper becomes very thin, you know, radio has undergone the same sort of thing. Um, one of them was, you know, the internet came in and, you know, you didn't have to be the 10th caller for front row tickets anymore. The artists could do that themselves. Uh, so, and of course the same thing with delivery, the brand new song would premiere perhaps somewhere else for fans only right. for Metallica instead of, you know, everybody having to wait for the satellite show to come down. So it's not just one thing. And it's not just the personalities because, you know, people have connected to the wackiness on YouTube and they, they can find a little bit of what they used to get at radio, but it, it's gently become unbundled over, over time. And it's been sort of a slow process. Uh, you know, there's still tons of value in the radio. I, I think, you know, live and local is, is something that I think, I think that comes out of the sales department and gets, you know, promoted because, you know, we're, we're selling locally. Mm-hmm. That's for the advertisers. You know, um, I think James Cridlin put this in. A, I saw a post somewhere where he mentioned it because he's a radio futurologist, yep. Yep. don't you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> he, he said real and relevant. And, and you know, real and relevant is, you know, truly where radio needs to be. I think one of the things podcast has really sucked out of radio is, is empathy. Um, you know, for years as program directors, we used to say, hey, you know, this is one-on-one listening. And, you know, actually podcasts became one-on-one listening. That's right. Headphones experience, uh, it became right. personal, it became emotional, it became a lot of the things that we used to get a little bit of from radio that we don't necessarily get anymore. I'm finding now with the internet, radio is sort of talking at people. Mm-hmm. Podcasting is talking to people. Yeah, you couldn't have said it better than I would have. Matter of fact, I was, that was, that phrase was in my brain before you said it. And you know, if radio, and I know we don't have a ton of radio people watching this, but if you sit and listen to the radio, you're just hearing a whole bunch of people offering up all these doggy commands about what to do. Be there, buy this, go on Facebook, join us on Facebook, join the conversation, buy this now, call now. It's just a list of instructions. And there is no relationship in the world that is going to be able to endure somebody so bossy like that. It just—it's not going to happen. Or you call on well, Howard Stern and yelled at and then hung up on constantly. <laughs> yeah, I, I stepped on you, Rob. What were you saying, Rob? Oh, it's just all calls to action. Yeah, that's, that's what—that's what radio has been, and 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 oftentimes kind of you know pretty pretty bold about it too. <laughs> Might be a nice way of saying it. So, crystal ball for you. I I think radio's got a lot of years left. What do you think, Matt? Well, how many years does radio have left? Is it is it a generational thing? Yeah, it, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of years left, and, and especially if we wind up getting back in the cars, I don't see that it's going to get too much easier. I know we say it's going to get easier, but to pull all the cars off the road that takes a generation. It's probably going to take about two generations before you know we can actually seamlessly connect to an FM as easily as we can connect to Spotify. 
Yeah. It just takes it just takes time to turn over all those car radios and whatnot. There's still that that there's still a love affair between the car and traveling and and connecting to radio uh, that is going to be there. I, I think that when I think the end for radio is going to be, and I'll, I, I want to quote Kipper McGee, uh, who has a podcast called Brand with On Demand. Uh, he's also a radio consultant, but radio is going to author its own demise. He said they will be the authors of, of their own finish. Um, but the transmitter is really going to be the point. I mean, are these companies going to want to pay to maintain all these transmitters? Cause right now they're having trouble finding people to fix them, to maintain them, to keep them up. And, you know, I saw one piece of research where, you know, somebody, I think it was a millennial who said, you know, I really like my phone. I got a, you know, I got a nice clear audio piece and the radio station's got a bit of a fuzz to it, you know, <laughs> that, that was in Vancouver where they've got some mountains and stuff. But I thought it was interesting that, that a piece like that would, would, would come up. And I think when it just gets too expensive to, you know, to deal with the radio transmitter, then you everything will just move, you know, online. And, you know, if you get rid of the radio transmitter, you don't have to worry about the, uh, the FCC, right? That's right. Well, and also there's another component of this that's been around for a long time, um, is that frequency, right? That frequency may turn out to be more valuable in a, in a digital transmission than it is on a, on a, um, you know, like a more of a radio type of usage. Um, so, you know, that's the other part of it too. And that's been talked about for a long time. You start thinking about how scarce radio frequencies are. Um, radio is holding on to big blocks of frequency that could be used for, for wireless data transfers. So big blocks of long range RF frequency. Right. Right. And that may be more valuable than, uh, having a radio station use it. But yeah. 20 years off. I mean, this is, I, I still see this being 20 years off. There's still oh, know, tons I agree of value. No, I agree. And even we find the value. I mean, we would love to have our podcast promoted sure. on radio. Sure. It's still, it's still so powerful. It, it really is. And uh, I think, mm-hmm. you know, we'll find a way to, to use it for good rather than evil. And I think too, <laughs> is that, um, you know, I, I looked at my car, I, I had a 2009 Mazda CX-9 and, uh, Bluetooth was it, that net car. There was nothing smart about that screen. I bought a 2019 Ford Edge loaded. It has great stuff, but guess what I'm still connected to? I'm still using Bluetooth, using my phone, even though there's all these selections of stuff I can do. I can do Pandora. I can listen to Spotify. I'm still Bluetoothing it with my... Now, I'm the only one in the vehicle, so that's my option. I'm sure if there was multiple drivers, they might be using some of that other stuff. Uh, the thing for me was having adult children now is having them come through the process of, you know, making this transition, you know, my oldest is 30 and my youngest is 16. It's was watching the rear view mirror, what was in their ears and then asking, what are you doing on your phone? And then watching them transition to via to drivers and then say, okay, what, what are you doing in your car? First thing my daughter did and she got in the car. If it was set to FM, it went to Bluetooth. And I said, she's the, she is not going to ever listen to radio. So for me, uh, she, you know, and that's pretty much her use case now. I don't know if that's everyone's use case, but I think this younger generation as they age out are going to, and again, that's was at 20 years, right? 20, 30 years that's left. 
Yeah, I think radio's probably got a good 20 left. But after that, mm, don't know. But we'll see if this event helps change habits. When we're back in our vehicles, we'll see if people, if the numbers come back up. Yeah, I think it'll be a slow, it'll be a slow, you know, process back, but, but it, but it will come back, uh, you know, the commuting and, you know, people love being in their cars. They also, they, they love, it's a bit of a, it's the me time. They have, and you know, remember also the me time. And I think we had a lot of drop off in in the podcast at first. I know I kept talking to you guys about my fifteen percent drop that I saw on on you know all the podcasts that I was working with. But you know, it's the it's the reverse of of that, and that's that you've got kids home. Mm-hmm. So people who would you know maybe you know vacuum or get groceries while listening to a podcast on their solo time, that solo time is gone. Gone because now you've got the homeschooling and the kids on the zoom and, and all this stuff. And it, it's just all part of this, you know, this disruption that we see. So, you know, every, everything that we thought that we knew has essentially been dynamited. And I think this is a wonderful time to sit and look at the data and maybe we do it now and maybe we do it later and sort of say, oh, this is what happened and this is why it happened. And there's so much to take away. We're going to learn, we're going to learn so many things about what can be done as we're, you know, doing, whether it's source connect and whatnot, but Look at the NFL. How much fun did everybody have looking into Bill Belichick to see his dog? Although uh, I must admit the draft to me was, that was a good first run, you know, but it was a, there was too much delay. You could see that digital delay as people were like looking in their living rooms and they announced who was, you know, went to Detroit Lions and, and for five minutes, the guy's sitting there and then he finally gets the notifications. So that was a little bit of hokey, but yeah, it, it was fun watching that. But I mean, They'll probably keep elements of that. We're all going to keep elements of whatever. So it's either been accelerated or it's something we're going to keep. Uh, maybe there'll be some more working from home. Well, um, we'll look what Twitter announced. If you want to stay home, for, you don't have to ever come back to the office is what the Twitter boss said yesterday. So, yep. you know, what's well, I think you're going to see this with a lot of these big tech companies too. They're, oh, yeah. they're just going to let people work from home. They don't have to have that overhead of that big office space. You know? right. so, <laughs> so that's a real estate impact. Yeah, you know, I think about when I left Hawaii, I was spending three, three and a half hours a day in my car, Monday through Friday. It's killing me. That's the reason I'm sitting in the seat. I'm mar- mostly sitting in the seat today as I just couldn't handle taking the kid to school, spend an hour and a half, hour and a half to get back from school. It was just, it was bad. But what it did do is it gave me lots of time to listen to my hundred podcasts every two weeks. And now my commute is 11 minutes. So I'm definitely not getting through my podcast as much as I was before. Yesterday, I took the long route home, added a whole whopping five minutes to my drive just so I could listen to a little bit more of my favorite podcast before I got to the house and got distracted. So (laughs) it's, I'm living proof. Um, I'm not getting through my podcast as fast as I was. And, you know, I'm supposed to be the P1 podcast listener. Mm. Well, you, Rob, you, we're supposed to, I don't know. I've made a I mean, habit. Are we of, an outlier? I mean, I mean, I'm the same way, Todd. I, 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 I subscribe to a hundred shows, but do I listen to a hundred shows? No, no, no. I, but I was, I listened to a hundred new shows every two weeks for years. Right. You know, right, right. But, if but nothing that's not more normal listening behavior. No, well, right? no, no. But I'm saying that we, we, as we, we should be the, we should be the top. We sh- you and I should have, like say, you got a hundred shows. 
you're not listening to a hundred shows, but you've got a hundred shows. No one else has a hundred shows in their play, you know, in their subscribe <laughs> list besides people like us. You know, right. maybe, most people have six or seven. Right. Right. That's well, that's what the surveys show, right? Well, that's what they say. Well, Matt, it's interesting from your perspective on radio here. You know, what's funny is I don't even think about radio too much. I really don't because it just, I don't know, it's not in my DNA anymore. Yeah, it's, it stopped being for me too because I started to work from home and I stopped listening to morning shows for a while and started to, you know, it was the only time it was really on was, was in the car. And if I went to run some errands, because I was listening to all the podcasts I wanted to at home. And so it, it, it has fallen off in some cases, but at the same time, there are some radio shows that I'm listening to, uh, later in the day on podcast. So, cause I know I can get them later. Yeah. One of them being, you know, the Colin Cowherd show. And then another one is a morning drive show that I listen to. I was doing, uh, when I was doing that, uh, every other week down in Columbus in, in basically, you know, three and a half hours down, three and a half hours back. Um, I was often listening to podcasts, but oftentimes I was also in the morning, especially in the morning drive down there. I was listening to Stern because I've always been fascinated by his rapport, how he engages the audience. You, you know, you learn a lot from him, but he wears thin on you pretty quick. So it's like, I'd get, you know, three and a half hours him of him, you know, once every two weeks. And, uh, I think that even 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 Stern is getting a little sick of some of some of the stuff even at XM. So I just wonder if he'll ever if he'll ever bite the bullet and do a do a full time podcast. I don't know. I don't think so. He's talked so bad about it over the years. I, I can't imagine that he would. He'll probably just retire and sit on his millions of dollars. You know, we've talked a lot about commercial radio, but but you know, Sirius XM has done very very well. Over the last number of years, slow growth. A lot of people who start to listen to it really like it. I rented a truck a few weeks ago, and it had it came with all the channels, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. with my car as well for up until June, unless I renew it. I don't even know what it costs for a year of Sirius XM, but well, and Sirius has been picking up uh, uh, podcasts. Well, they have for the beginning though. And, and well, and and creating radio shows around the show concepts. I mean, they've been doing that for, for years. Well, they've got um, how many channels on, I know that Stern's on 100. I don't even know what the upper limit on Sirius XM is. I think they're well over, you know, 150, 180 channels. So, like so 180 times 24. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's a you're, lot. That's a lot to fill. Well, you're sp- you're splicing your audience into lots of different channels, right? But, but you you got something, something, but you got something for everybody. It's true. Right. I mean, I mean, really, if you think of Sirius XM, it's a lot like cable television, right? You get all these channels of different types of content, right? It's very similar. Um, but Hey Todd, before we, uh, we, we leave the show this week, I wanted to mention about, um, this survey that came out, uh, from Podfest China. I don't know oh, if you got yeah. a chance. I to, heard I heard about this. I didn't to, read it. To look at that and in math, did you get a chance to see what this thing had to share about China? No, I haven't seen it yet. You haven't? Okay. Uh, I thought it was really really interesting that the number one listening platform in China is uh, Apple Podcasts. Hmm. Based on this survey, um, and that uh, what was it? Uh, 
so that is it? over that, half of the respondents said that they listen to podcasts every day in China. So that tells me if it's on Apple Podcasts, then you have an upper because you think about the Chinese and the disparity between right, you know, those that are have money and those that don't, and there's really very little middle class. There's a minor middle class. You right. can almost be guaranteed that that's middle class and up that is. Can right. it, number one can even afford an iPhone. Right. And then, so that means the upper echelon of Chinese citizens are listening to podcasts, but they're listening mostly to Chinese podcasts though, right? It doesn't really, well, it doesn't say what language. It doesn't cover that in here. Mm. Uh, what I, I would say though that um, many Chinese uh, people um, understand English. They may not be able to speak it very well. But how much the, of the, the Great Firewall of China blocks content from the United States? I'm sure that's uh, maybe someone that listens to the show from China can tell us. Right, right. But if we know, have anybody, I mean, it's really interesting. I said half of the respondents say that they listen every day, and mm. and the most of what's being consumed over there is uh, you know self education type content. That, you know, learning new things um it is 88% um about 71% is hobbies hobbies and things like that and about 47 is more practical knowledge and skills um and and just a little bit less than 20% of the chinese population has a college degree which i thought was that was per, that's a pretty significant number because i think here in the us i think it's quite a bit lower than 20% but if you think about that though does that but it, you would assume those, does it, does the survey say how many of them are, have college degrees or did they just say half of them don't? Is that the listener base? Half of them do not have a college degree. It, it does not say what the percentage of the listeners have college degrees, but, but it does say that 20% of the Chinese citizenry, just a little less than 20%, um, have college degrees. And as we know, uh, it, in the U.S., you know the the vast majority of podcast listeners. Um, well, it does say eighty six point four percent of podcast listeners there in China hold a college degree, so it, it's definitely skewing towards the the slightly less than twenty percent of the Chinese population um, that are actually listening to podcasts, which is which I guess is still quite quite a bit less than the U.S. Really, if you think about it, but um, it's still 20% of the Chinese population is a lot of people. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Right. Well, it's, it's interesting and it's good to know that podcasting is alive and well in China. I just, I'd love to see the content break down how much it's internal and foreign because, you know, right. there is no freedom of speech in China per se. So, you know, right. you have to be very, very right. careful or you get, you know, you talk about the coronavirus, you're going to disappear, you know? So, <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. Um, but there, you know, it's just one of those markets that, that, that we don't hear a lot about. And that's one thing that's really been great about what James Cridlin has really brought to the podcasting medium is I mean, his newsletter is kind of a global view. So who did, happening. who did that survey then? Uh, it was part of PodFest China, which was, uh, it was the China's first annual podcast theme conference hmm. i guess it was like last month or something like that so yeah so All you right. can get the whole whole report off of pod news 
anyway. So Matt, what's your crystal ball on the podcasting space over the next six months? And I'm, I'm having trouble just trying to keep up with, uh, with this right now, but, uh, we're gonna have a lot of pod fading. Um, you know, at, at 90,000 <laughs> new podcasts in, last in one month, month. And, right? Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm like you, Todd and, and, and Rob, like I'm, I'm getting calls. What's this podcast? What's this about? How can we do it? People just asking. And so, you know, interested in it because they see people can do it from home and then they also want to do it from home. And, uh, you know, I, I just think at some point, um, you know, most of the podcasts are going to find a way they'll either pod fade or they'll move to the, uh, the, the uh, podcasting cemetery anchor <laughs> and bury themselves there. Um, uh, sorry. It's, oh, no, it's, well, that's I'm, probably, uh, that's probably where most of them are starting right. is the key, key well, thing. You don't have to pod fade. You just go put it on anchor. <laughs> just let it sit there. Right? And if, and when you want to come back, you can just bring it back to life again. I mean, yeah. Um, right. Yeah, so we're getting, I mean, a lot of people are asking about it. I think, you know, some people are going to get fed up with their 22 downloads, but I really do think that <laughs> there is something to what Rob said earlier, and that's, you know, do we have enough people to listen and to consume to to all this stuff? And, you know, marketing gets a little bit harder, and that's why I'm sort of looking at, you know, finding a way to get, you know, the podcast that I work with, can I, you know, maybe do a deal with a radio station to to have some sort of co-promotion to, to get it out there because we're going to have to find new ways to, to market these podcasts, to get them out there. Because right now there's probably a really, really good podcast. Like we always talk about what's the next serial or anything like that. Well, it's probably already been made, but nobody's discovered it yet. Right. You know, marketing. I, I, um, I have a tendency to agree with you that there's going to be a lot of pod fading. And matter of fact, I've actually, my team's been talking about it a little bit because we've had a huge, 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 huge number of people come in and start a second show. And to me, I'm thinking those are the shows that are probably going to be the ones that are going to get burned first because as soon as those people get called back to work and they have to commute and all of a sudden they've got three less hours a day because of this and kids and events and if that stuff ramps, but we might be okay for about a year. But yeah, I think there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of dead carcasses of podcasts laying around for sure. I know. Like, I think it all, you know, all gets back to how fast we, you know, can we grow listenership? But, but as long as we're on a listenership decline, it's going to be tough. Yeah. But also expectations, but there isn't, there's a group of podcasters out there that believe it or not, are not worried about their numbers. They want to. They want to do a podcast because they're pissed off. They want to have a, a venue to say something besides TikTok right. and what they're finding on Facebook and being devoiced. You'd be amazed the number of people that are coming starting podcasts because they're pissed off that what they're trying to say on Facebook is being shut off. Right. So, you know, to me, it's it's just what goes around comes around because I've been talking about this for years about this deplatforming, and all of a sudden people are figuring out. My post got shut down because of what, you know, why, and irregardless of the reason why, um, they're starting to find out that these platforms aren't as friendly to people as they have made themselves out to be. Mm -hmm. One of the changes that I made, because everybody does have more time and maybe some people are doing a second show and maybe it, you know, may go away when, when I, I don't want to say when this all ends, cause I think it all changes. I don't think it actually mm -hmm. ends. Um, 
but I started to do some video stuff. So I'd bring back old guests onto my show and we would do exactly what you guys are doing now, which is, you know, do the video thing. And, and you guys were the first ones who sort of turned me on to StreamYard. And I said, well, here I am. I'm not traveling. There's no conferences. I'm supposed to be at Canadian Music Week this week. That's not happening. Um, I can't remember. I think in June it was going was to go to the Conclave. And then July there was going to be something. And then August was going to be, you know, podcast movement, mm -hmm. which is now October. All this free real estate of time. So I said, well, why not bring back some old guests and maybe once or twice a week, fire up StreamYard and learn how to do what you guys have been doing, you know, what was once, once and now twice a week. So, um, Anyway, thanks for showing me that. I see a huge number of YouTubers using StreamYard. Huge, huge number. Because guess what they can't do? They can't go out and shoot. So they're re reverting and doing, I'm, you know, I, every time I see one of those uh, YouTube guys, I send them an email. I say, hey, you know, you can turn this into a podcast real easy, right? Um, right. Because they're out of, they, they can't go do what they, their monkey business of what they normally do in their shooting YouTube videos. So, um, yeah, I think, so there's gonna be some you know Streamyard's definitely a winner over this period of time and not to mention all the virtual meeting folks too but and uh, zoom and all those folks too yeah right i did a my first video conference on a other platform today it was kind of weird i had to learn a new one today but um you know there's all kinds of them popping up well actually rob we've we've got seven minutes left um because we started late it seems like we're already over time but we've We've only we've got about uh, about ten minutes. Um, anything else that we needed to cover before we blast out of here today? Uh, I can't think of anything um, that's that's pressing mm, right there, now. I, there was something I, I was going to talk about, but I forgot about it. Whatever it was, I know that the Edison folks are doing another webinar about uh, what's happening down in Australia. So if you have an interest in seeing how how the infinite dial numbers in Australia are going to come out. That's on May 20th at 10 a.m. Sydney time, I guess. So that'd be the only thing. And Matt, and we, do, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I do know that we have li listeners to the show that are down in Australia. So that's why I wanted to mention that. Lots of secret listeners too. Hey, Matt, yes. we've been, we invited you, John. We didn't even ask you to, to promote your show. Where can people find your podcast at? Right. Uh, my podcast is the Podcaster Broadcast. It's called the Sound Off Podcast, which is named after my company, the Sound Off Media Company. Awesome. So soundoff.com or where's, what's the? Soundoffpodcast.com. Soundoffpodcast.com. So definitely go over and get, you know, I, you know, having you on refreshes my brain. Yeah. Oftentimes we meet people, we talk to them, what you do, da, da, da. And then it's like, it gets data dumped. So I'm going to add you to my subscribe list. Definitely want to listen to what the radio people have to say because it's it's important that we track that as well on this side of the fence too well we've done some uh you know i just shifted into covid right and, and talk covid talk because that's what people are into and i said i don't want to get wrapped up in this but you have to and uh i did one episode actually involving the, the murders up in nova scotia mm. uh, you know a mass murder and that sort of you know 22 people dead doesn't happen in canada it's never happened before it's the largest one ever but I, I did one episode on that, but you know everything else around that has been, you know, about the pandemic and how radio broadcasters are, are maneuvering their way through. I'm going to add a co uh, podcast component as well and, and invite people on. I've I've had both you guys on my podcast at at one point or another, so we're going to keep bringing podcasters on. And I I think when I do that, I do that so that 
you can connect with the radio folk and we're not trying to teach them anything, but at some point I do believe that there's going to be an intersection of, of podcast and radio. Uh, right now they're just, they just quite haven't met yet, but it's, it's coming. They don't go out and drink. You know, I remember at a conference I was at where there was 175 people in the audience. And I think when the podcast session stopped, there's like 10 left. Everyone else went to the bar at least <sighs> now, literally that's truly what happened in, in Los Angeles. And well, I think been, that's been many years ago. Okay. But that. still, I mean, yeah. but now they're not leaving the room. They're, they're sticking around and listening to the right. conversations. And right. so that's, that's, that <laughs> we, we, you know, we've got their attention that far, you know, and we can learn stuff from the radio people too. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, you've got this huge, huge pool of talent and, and they've been creating media since God was a child. And, you know, so they know, they know what to, they know what, what emotional triggers to push. At least they used to. But. Radio has been writing promotions and marketing and, and, you know, they write this stuff and, and they've created appointment listening for so long. It is the best thing that they do. And I think podcasters, if there's one thing I want to tell podcasters that they really need to do, and I know we go back and forth on this on whether or not we should stop and do seasons, but release your episodes consistently is something that I really think is important because the, the morning show host on your radio station is there at six o'clock mm -hmm. every morning or five 30. But the reason why he's so popular and the reason why is because he's consistently always there and it may not be the best show and, and you know, there'll be an off day or, but it, you know, it's always there. Yep. And, and that, that scores so many points and it's something that podcasters that I've come across have just fought against. So I released Tuesday and then I released mm -hmm. Thursday and they wonder why their numbers don't grow. But if you can be consistent, it'll add 20% to your numbers and you will grow. People build you into their lives. Yep. Right. Mike reminded me, I knew what it was. Luminary got another $30 million. Oh, wow. And Guys, I got a yeah, four o'clock coming up here in, right, in man, two minutes. Take care. Okay. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. So Yeah, well, thank you for joining us. So I have one word for the idiot that invested in Luminary. He went back to the trough, Todd. I don't care. <laughs> thirty. They they went and got thirty million more dollars, Rob. Thirty million. I'm sure Th they have a big burn right now. Thirty. Thirty million. Give me thirty million. I own half the podcasting space in a week. Thirty million. <laughs> thirty million. Take 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 the toilet. No 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 no. Take a trash can. Big, a 55 gallon drum, cut the top out of it. Take that $30 million and 10,000 and just toss it in there as fast as you can. Uh, you'll get the same, uh, you get the same result. <laughs> $30 million. Uh, you could have a nice bonfire with that too. 30 um, million. Think how much have they burned so far? Someone give me a number. What was their first round of in 30 million. I think it was like a hundred million. It's like, what? Right. Hey, Todd, did you see this, uh, this announcement from the cumulus media folks, the owners of Westwood one yeah, said yeah. On, on an earnings call yeah. that their, their podcast revenue is up 60% year on year in March. I'm not surprised. They've been working hard over there at cumulus. Right. And really, I'm not surprised. We're, we're also up by 50% year, I'm, year on year. I'm not, not surprised. The Cumulus guys have been working hard. Yeah. And that, that team over there is doing a good job. Congratulations to them. Yeah. Thought it was interesting. Yeah. 
I'm not sure where they came from a year ago to where they are today. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Earnings report, they're 50% up year over year. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, I don't, did they break the number out? They probably yeah. didn't, did they? Well, they probably did in the, on the details. And the one Q or whatever it was. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. They don't have to. They don't break them out until the number gets big enough where it's, you know, Apple's and Google's all done that over the years. You know, Alphabet, they don't break out dollar amounts. So they get to a certain stack in the pie. Even Amazon's done that over years. They said, we're up 50%. Over, it was probably, you know, 100 bucks. But then after 10 years, it was, you know, $5 million. I'm glad you said it, Todd, because it, it just depends on where you start from, right? Right, you, right. You start dealing with those, those kind of numbers. And year over year is not like, like, uh, February to March, no or February to May, right? All right, it's, but yeah. but but still, you know, I I know that team over there has been working hard. I some of their folks over there, I yeah, yeah. I've talked to a few times, and yeah, you bet. So uh, it, any any time, okay. I'm just I, I laugh. We you know I bust on Luminary, right? Okay, so I want people to make money in this space. I want people to make a lot of money in this space. I want podcasters to make a lot of money. I want podcasting companies to make a lot of money. I want people to make money. Right. But sometimes you just got to call out stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So, and if Luminary makes it, great. Congratulations. But I just, I'm not willing to take that bet. 30 million to tide them over down during the, in the reasoning, they said they took 30 million because it was, to tide them over over the decline in the in the COVID nineteen space, that was why they had to take money because of a decline. Great time to invest, yeah. Great time yeah. to invest in real estate is what it's going to be here soon. Oh yeah, definitely. So, uh, I don't know if if I don't know if the, the problem is I don't know that commercial real estate is going to come back after this. Yeah. Why is it's location, location, location? <laughs> well, that's certainly true. That's always been the case. But, you know, I think this is going to force a lot of small businesses. A lot of these strip malls are going to be empty. Strip malls are, no, well, malls are already empty. Strip malls, you know, here's the, uh, all right. It's all, here's my it's opinion. All moving Here, online. Here's my it's opinion. All moving online. Here's my opinion. Um, if Walmart can be open, any business should be able to open that sells retail stuff. Why can't anyone else be open? That's the, it's, the stupidity of it. It's the food it. part, Todd. That's, that's what keeps them open. Okay. Uh, you can still go into Walmart here in my town, and you can still buy a trash can. So they maybe, not- maybe all these small businesses need to open up a little small grocery store in their, in their stores. Absolutely. <laughs> I would sell. I would sell. Uh, I would sell. Cokes. Absolutely. I got food product. Right. Go buy three cases of Coke at Walmart and then put them in your store for sale and you're, uh, you're, you've got food. Right. Absolutely. Essential. You have essential product. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. It, it, I better stop talking about it because we're going to be, people are going to tell us we sound stupid and we're, you know, sound like idiots talking about COVID. That's, that's okay with me. That means that they're watching. That's right. They're listening. Yeah. So, Trash uh, us all you want. Please. That's even makes, makes it fun for me because I get to talk about it. Yes. So, but I don't have to have it in the comment section. Yeah. Of my Facebook page. 
Right. All right. So email your your comments to us, Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. I'll be happy to read any email you send. I'll read it right here on the air. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Be careful what you say. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll read every email word for word. <laughs> <laughs> I, we need send a, them all the time. We, we, we need a, he has all, all the extra time. We need a Sal for this show is what we need. Yes. So if, if that's an inside joke for my listeners. Rob, where can they, uh, where can they reach you? Um, Twitter is great at Rob Greenlee, uh, robgreenlee.com. And my email, uh, if you want to send me a inside track on anything that you want to share, is robg at uh, lipson.com. And by the way, we did give New Media Show some free advertising the other night on my show. You did? Yeah, I forgot I forgot to change the banner out. I left the banner out during... Oh, I, actually, <laughs> I, I did see that, Todd. I was like going, hmm, is he doing the New Media Show yeah, without me? Yeah, without you. So, yeah, I left, I left the banner. I, I got to the end of the show, I turned around I'm like, oh, I didn't switch the banner out. Yeah. So, hey, everyone, thanks for being here. Uh, sorry we're late, but uh, we'll be back with you Sunday. Uh, should be no change in schedule there. 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Come out, hang out, have fun. If you have a comment and you want to come on the show, let us know. Definitely open to have guests. Thanks, Matt, for coming on today. It was a great conversation. Definitely appreciate it. And yep. uh, that everyone else will see you next time here on the new Me Show. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay.